I respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambeh language region, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay my respects to their elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hello guys and welcome to Miss Inclusivity, the podcast. I'm your host Bridget and it's just going to be me today. So I thought I'd, you know, bring it back to the roots of what this podcast was like back in January because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be almost March, which I just find absolutely crazy, which means that we're pretty much halfway through the term and all those pre-service teachers are about to get stuck back into uni for the year. So I just thought that today's episode could be purely just a pre-service teacher career development focus episode. Now, all of these tips, tricks, all those sorts of things are based on my experiences as well as what applies in Queensland. Now, this may be different in other states um, and different school settings. Um, However, this is just based on my experience. Um, I have interacted with others on the teachergram and they say that you know, when they step into these fields of work, not only has it reiterated their passion for teaching and to really push forward and finish off their degree, um, but they feel like they've learned so much in comparison to the job that they might have had before. Um, So yeah, let's get stuck on into it. Um, But, you know, I understand that for some people, they have different scenarios, different impacts, you know, they have families and all these sorts of things. So some of these tips and tricks may not help you. You may have another stable, you know, career that you're happy to do whilst you're doing your degree. Um, But these are the sorts of things that have really like pushed me to get to the end of my degree. Um, So a little bit, a bit of a backstory. Um, Up until I want to say mid to end of 2020, I worked in retail. Now I was you know, developing my career there. I wasn't staying in the same spot, you know, so I was um, further enhancing my skills and, you know, I was, I ended up being a regional manager at the age of what, like 22 or something like that. So I was in charge of like a lot of stores for the whole of Queensland and I actually even traveled to Singapore for work. So I was super grateful for that. It taught me many things, customer service, interacting, team building, team leading, um, management, all those sorts of things. So, which will eventually, if I, you know, achieve the goals that I want to, which is an assistant principal, at least, at least I have that behind me. I'd already have those team building skills behind me. So I'm super grateful for that. But my passion decided to (laughs) dwindle out as such. So I started searching for other options. Now I did have a few girlfriends that worked at Osh. Um, and OSH basically stands for out of school hours care. So that's obviously before and after school care. And it's also during the school holidays as well. So basically, um, I got into OSH, which I was super, super happy for. I was applying for jobs, I reckon for about a month, maybe even two months. Um, I obviously wanted to wait until I had a job locked in to leave my ex retail job. So once I did that, um, I was actually able to get a job at a company. So 
out-of-school hours cares can be run by the school itself, which is definitely more common, again, here in Queensland, in private schools as opposed to state schools. Most state schools um, will have it run by an external company, which is the same as myself, um, the one that I work for. So when you apply and work for these external companies, most of the time you should be able to work at all the different services, aka schools, that they have services at. So for instance, you know, my larger company will have you know, a service in one suburb, then they'll have another one at another school in another suburb. And realistically, I could go and work at multiple different schools and experience different children. However, I was lucky enough to be put on at the same school, which I love, which makes building relationships with these children so much more fun. So I was doing OSH for a very long time. And then it got to about halfway through last year, so mid-2021. And I thought, I was like, why not? How about I get into a classroom? Because I hadn't been inside a classroom um, since my previous prac, which was back in the end of 2016, because I did the first half of my degree and then I deferred to travel the world. So obviously that retail job really helped me save up for that because, you know, student things is really hard. And so, yeah. And then halfway through 2021, I was like, I need to get back into a classroom and really like drive this passion for teaching again. So I simply, redid my resume because I hadn't done that for a while, um, said that I worked at a before and after school care. So therefore I interact with primary age children. I made sure I had all my working with children's checks lined up, ready to go. And I would simply just email my resume off to as many different schools as I wanted to. Um, I think I emailed it off to about 20 different schools and I heard back from about three and then pretty much not long after it worked out that one of the teacher aides at one of the schools I emailed was having two weeks of annual leave, which therefore meant I could go and fill in. So once I did that, then they just kept calling me back for casual relief days. Now, how would this work before and after school care? So by this point, I had been at my before and after school care for about a year. So this really aligned that I already had a good relationship with, you know, the coordinator and everybody else there. So it was, it worked out pretty good. Most of my state schools would usually call me purely because I'm a relief teacher. Unless they tell me in advance, they know that somebody's going to have a day off, they'll let me know. Um, But sometimes they'll even call me while I'm at OSH in the morning and they'll say, hey, can you come to this school, which isn't far away from my OSH school. So I would be able to make it there. So I make sure that I have a bag packed. And the best thing is that I get to experience all these different classrooms. So that's basically the summary of how I got into OSH and teacher aiding and all those sorts of things. Let's take a step back and let's go into um, the benefits of working at OSH. So a lot of people are just like, what's OSH? What do you even do? Like, what's the point? Um, It's fun. Honestly, it's fun. I will tell anybody that you're there to bring a positive attitude to the kids. You're there in the mornings to set them up for a good day at school especially at this time of the year, there's a lot of kids who are super anxious about coming back to school because they haven't been to school in about eight weeks. So, you know, usually most of the time we're the first ones that they see and we're setting them up for the day. At my particular OSH, we do multiple different engaging activities. The kids at our OSH, particularly at the moment, they love handball, they love playing badminton and they love their craft, absolutely loved their craft, love their craft. They love um, exploring their creative side, their imaginative side. It's so lovely to see. 
And obviously we do breakfast. We make sure that all these kids go to school with a full belly. And then we always finish off our service in the morning um, with a large group game. However, that like we have a lot of children, a lot of children. Um, so we try and, you know, break it up as much as we can. And then we send them off to school. Afternoons, again, we're there to be the positive relationship with them. Some of them will come in and they'll be super tired or they'll come in after school and they will have had a terrible day maybe, like they might have got in trouble at school, they might have been struggling and learning, and we're there to support them. We're the link between school and their parents picking them up. So it's crucial that you always build relationships with as many kids as you can. Um, Obviously there is curriculum as such involved. We can't just, you know, put out all these activities and just say, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. We'll, they'll just play with that. That's okay. There is obviously guidelines and regulations that needs to be followed. So we follow in Queensland, we follow the ECQ, EC, EC, AC, ECQA. My goodness, I got there in the end. Um, and then we also do follow the early childhood framework. Um, some of those, we take some of those components, but then also, also because I work for a large company, they actually do have their own curriculum as such. And we um, ensure that every single practice and activity that we do is aligned with that, as well as doing our own critical reflections on each session to ensure that, you know, educators are having an understanding of how to facilitate learning for young children and that, you know, it's not just simply, oh, let's just go play handball for two hours, that there is some interaction and that it's backed up with evidence. Um, Then obviously in school holidays, it's a lot longer um, so for instance, for me, I will work eight hours a day in the school holidays, um, because we're open pretty much all day for those, especially for those students who have parents at work when they're typically at school. So that's a summary of OSH really. Now the benefits of it during the school term, and this is what drove me to do it more is because obviously you finish at around nine o'clock in the morning and you don't have to go back until about some people two, two thirty, and others three o'clock like myself. So you basically have the whole day free, really. I'm not going to lie, when you first get into it, it's so hard to push yourself to go to work at 6.30 in the morning. Like that wasn't something I was used to. I was used to obviously getting up early and I would go to the gym. That was different. But having to go to work, oh, my goodness, it was a tricky part to do. Um, So you finish at 9 o'clock and I would just come home and I would smash out my uni. I just found that I was so much more motivated and I could do so much more involvement in my uni than I did when I was at retail. You have the whole day free. It's insane. It's amazing. Now, if you do have qualifications, because you're a bit worried, you know, you're a bit worried about, you know, the hours that you're going to work, you do get a split shift pay. So you don't have to worry about that. And if you are qualified, say, for instance, you've done a certificate two or three already in some form of education or child services, you're free to go to OSH. Maybe, again, maybe different in other states. I simply just had to show the fact that I was more than one year through my degree. Fun fact, not many people know this, but once you have completed one year of a bachelor degree, this is in education, you are technically diploma qualified. So because I deferred from my university, back in 2016, I was able to get such as such like an exit ticket. Oh, let's just call it that because we're all teachers here um, of my first half of my degree. 
and I was able to get my diploma in educational services, which now I can use at OSH and all these other jobs that I apply for and say that I am qualified because, you know, I've done more than most people, which is super, super exciting. Um, So, yeah, that's the summary of OSH, I would say. Then I let's tap into the teacher rating. Now, this was a real challenge for me when I first started. I didn't really know what to do. I would obviously ask the teachers in the classrooms that I would go to and be like, okay, what do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do here? But it's so hard as a person who's studying to become a teacher to not want to do more as such. Um, I was lucky one day that I had a relief teacher in one of the classes that I was teacher rating in. She was just like, oh, yeah, you can just, you know, do the call outs. You can do this and you can do that, which was great. Um, But, yeah, I just feel like there's kind of like a barrier between wanting to do more and you can't do too much because you don't want to step on the teacher in the classroom's toes. That might just be my personality. There's so many people out there who are like, no, 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 that's fine. But it's just me. I just have this urge to I don't know, sit with a group of kids in the middle of the class and be like, no, 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 let's help. I'll help you do this one. Um, but yeah, so what's involved with it is, um, well, for instance, at the moment, I'm in the upper years in grade five and six. Um, it is the start of the term. So they're doing a lot of pre-testing at the moment, which um, I'm lucky enough that at the school that I'm at, they know me pretty well. So they're getting me to do a fair bit of marking for them because some of their marking is just so time consuming. I don't know how these teachers would find the time otherwise. And obviously I think it's like a prerequisite before going into being a teacher aide is you need to know cutting and laminating off the back of your hand because honestly, it's just, there's a lot of that, let's just say. And especially in the younger years as well, because you've got to think about how many resources they're using in the younger years. There is so much cutting and laminating. So obviously I don't have a problem with it because it's, it's part of the job. And some other times you'll go into classes. This did happen for me last week where they'll be like, all right, well, there's a student here who's on an individual curriculum plan and she like they need to teach the new unit of work for English. And this particular student, because it's the first week of school, um, they – had their individual curriculum plan. So obviously they will not be learning what the rest of the class is learning. They um, have differentiated content for years below. So I would help them and we would do a different activity based on their individual curriculum plan. And we would work on a one or in small groups, which I find is great because you can see so easily how you can differentiate your classroom to cater for students with additional needs, Um, which I feel like, you know, in uni they teach you this and they tell you that you need to do this, but seeing it hands-on and in person makes the biggest difference. Um, so, yeah, I did reliefing for teacher rating. I still do technically. Um, a lot of relief teacher rating for a lot of the time. I know, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, that this might not work well for some people. I'm lucky that, you know, I'm a young person. I have my own house. I don't have any children or nothing like that to um, you know, worry about. So say for instance, if I'm there in the morning and I get a phone call, um, I don't have to be worry about a child, like my child and where they're going to go. So I don't have that. But obviously for parents, you know, having a part-time position would 
work out in the long run 100%. So I know teacher aid positions, especially in Queensland, are so hard to get a hold of. But I would just suggest even just emailing your resume to as many people as you can. So as many schools that you would like to and say why you would love to work there. And even if they ever have any part-time positions or full-time positions that you would like to take, then just say, put your name forward. The worst thing they're going to do is say no. I know it's so daunting. It was so daunting for me when I first did it. And gosh, it's daunting when you first, the first day of going to that school is, my goodness, daunting. Um, So I would highly suggest that. It has enhanced my degree beyond measures, beyond measures. Um, But the biggest benefit I want to stress about T-trading is being exposed to so many different classrooms, so many different setups of classrooms, so many different teaching styles, Um, especially me working in the upper years and I'm pretty much doing five and six. And the other day I walked from one classroom who the teacher was, she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And she was teaching the solids, liquids and gases unit. And she was having fun with the kids. She was um, getting them to cooperatively and co-construct their success criteria for their unit of work. She went on to talk about farts (laughs) and, you know, like in regards to gases and how they spread out throughout the room. It was hilarious. And the kids were so, so engaged. Straight after that, I went to another class. Obviously, this is no hate on the teacher and this is totally different two different style of teaching they're very two two different teachers completely different the other teacher um basically had a powerpoint on the board and she would put a timer on she would basically run through the slide on the screen this is for grade fives by the way run through the slide on the screen and then she would set a timer and get the kids to literally just copy the exact same thing down um and this was for the same unit of work for solids liquids and gases so that was a shock to me the other day but this is what I mean. You experience these different things. You see the same content getting taught in so many different ways. It's just so interesting. And to see how teachers set up their classrooms when most of them, you know, you go to a school and they pretty much have classrooms around the same size and seeing how they set them up and how they work for each teacher and how they work for the students. So interesting to see. I cannot tell you how many notes I have in my phone of like notes that I've taken while going into different classrooms saying, this was really cool. I loved how they did this, et cetera, et cetera. It's so great because, you know, in university, they don't really tell you, hey, like this is what you should do when you set up a classroom and these are different ways that you can do that. And this is why I'm trying to reiterate this episode to all the pre-service teachers out there. I cannot recommend enough teacher rating. Even if it's just relieving and you do just one day a week when you get a phone call from a school, you're still going to get exposure to different classrooms and different settings. Getting in that classroom is just going to drive your passion for teaching and it's just going to inspire you so much more before you get out into that big crazy teaching world. Especially for Queensland teachers because we don't have the privilege that I know, especially New South Wales have, is when they've done their final placement or they're in the final year, I believe, they're allowed to go and casual teach, which you get to go into the classrooms and casual teach before you even finish your degree. I love that so much, but I do see the flip side of it and I do understand why Queensland obviously hasn't done that. 
Okay, let's summarize this up, shall we? If you guys have any questions about this, obviously feel free to message me at any time. I get so many questions about OSH and T-Trading, and this is why I've purely done this episode. Um, I think both OSH and T-Trading are great because technically they're along the path of working with kids in the age group that you will eventually work with. My previous retail job, although it was in such a kid's store and I was interacting with kids, that is the biggest reach away from what teaching is like. And I have not been happier and more passionate about my degree and finishing than I have since doing teach writing and OSH work as well. However, um, teach writing is going to be the best for you. Um, as like I said, you'll be in different classrooms all the time and experiencing different teaching styles and classroom setups, etc. Obviously, you get to see how content is taught. Um, but, you know, if you're wanting a more flexible option, I would go OSH. And if you want to be an absolute crazy cat like me, <laughs> just do both. Why not? Just do both. I um, Obviously, two weeks before I put this episode up, I did put up like a day in the life as such of how I do this. Um, because at the moment I do have a part-time contract. I know when I am going to be working. It's not like a worry as such. Um, before I had this part-time contract, I would always keep a bag packed in my car because most of the time I would get the phone call while I was at before school care. So I would do that always. And I would always have a lunch packed or, you know, I would just simply just get something from the tuck shop if I forgot my lunchbox. But yeah, so this is career tips and tricks, let's say for pre-service teachers, motivation for jobs for pre-service teachers. Take it how you will. And I'll put another question box up about this. I'll put a question box up on my Instagram story the day that this goes live. But if you do have any other questions, obviously my DMs are always open for you guys. I get messages about teacher aiding and OSH and my schedule and all those sorts of things almost every single day. And I'm more than happy to answer as many questions as you guys have. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Obviously, like and subscribe for future episodes to get notifications when they go live. And yeah, thank you for listening to Miss Inclusivity, the podcast, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.